0: So do you know what today is? Do you know what today is? Today is the first day of many days ahead where you will be asked the same question almost anywhere you go. Same question. Nurses will ask it. Doctors will ask it. Waiters, waitresses will ask it. Now, the lady checking you out at Target's going to ask it to you. Your pedicurist is going to ask you. The toll booth operator is going to ask you. Uncle Rico is going to ask you. Aunt Petunia is going to ask you. The guy at the Pokeball place—they're going to ask you the same question over and over and over again. And not only are they going to ask you, you're going to ask other people this question over and over and over again. Same question, one question. You want to know what it is? You're, you're on the edge of your seat. It's just the suspense is killing you, right? Here it is. Are you ready for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to hear it over and over. At this point, don't we understand the answer to that question is always, no. <laughs> no, we're not. We won't be ready anytime time soon. It's just not going to happen. There's always one more thing to do, right? There's always one more pumpkin log that has to be pumpkined. You know, there's always, you know, one more neighborhood of lights that we got to ride through for the first time the 17th time, Right? Uh, there's, there's always that, that extra bag of pork skins that we have to wrap up for King Ralph, right, our cousin. You know, we, we always have something extra to do. The reality is we're never ready for Christmas. Never. Never happens. And here's the thing. It's always been that way. It's always been that way where we're never really ready for Christmas. But I've got some good news for you today. I have one important thing that will help you get ready for Christmas one super important thing that will help you get ready for christmas one thing that will change everything in your life if you will do it you will be ready and not just for christmas you'll be ready beyond christmas it's one super important thing that you can do to be ready for everything in life and even everything in death so What is that one thing that gets you ready? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to look at the gospel letter that John the Apostle wrote about Jesus. We'll begin chapter 1 of John in verse 6. John writes this, There came a man sent from God whose name was John. John the Apostle here is writing about John the Baptist or as some call him John the Baptizer because John wasn't a Southern Baptist, but he was a guy who did a lot of baptizing. He baptized. He was a prolific baptizer in the wilderness of people who repented and turned to Christ. So John the Apostle, the very beginning of a spiritual, historical, biographical letter about Jesus, he stops talking about Jesus and starts talking about someone else. Now, why would he do that? Well, John the baptizing John and Jesus, well, they were cousins, so there was a family connection, but but John's not really going with the family connection here. He's writing about John because John was sent from God. John wasn't born just to be John. John was born with a specific purpose to be sent purposefully by God. Sent to do what? Listen to verse 7. He came as a witness to testify about the light. John was not an angel. He was not a superhero. There was not a snow-white dove that flew down from heaven and landed on his head when he was born. He was just a man, just a man. But he was sent from God. He was sent by God, and he was sent to be a witness. Now, what's a witness? Well, a witness is someone who testifies, who says something about something else or someone else, something of truth. So, before we talk about John, let me stop for a second and just say, are you a Christian? Have you truly received salvation from Jesus Christ? Are you believing in and trusting in and relying on and clinging to Jesus as your first and only and ultimate source of hope and peace and life forever? If so, you are not an angel and you are not a superhero and a snow white dove did not fly down from heaven and land on your head when you were born. But you are a witness. You are a witness. A witness, you have this testifying to do. You have this truth you need to share. So what is a witness? It's someone who testifies about something. Someone who tells the truth about something that's true and they keep telling that truth over and over again. The truth doesn't stop. So what truth did John come to testify about? What says here that he came to testify about the light, capital L. Jesus is not just a light. Jesus is the ultimate light, the full light, the final light, the satisfying light. Jesus is the light of the world. Just a few sentences back at the very beginning of his letter, this is how John began things. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word, capital W. Jesus is the Light, capital L. Jesus is God, capital G. This is who God is. We see God in Jesus. He is the very light, the very radiance, the very essence, the very person of the one true God. John wants that to get out first and most. Somebody said that Jesus didn't say that he just proclaimed truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. He didn't just show a way. He said he was the way. He didn't just open up a lot of different doors. He said he was the way. He said he was the bread of life, the good shepherd. He was the resurrection and the life. Someone said this, that when we put our confidence in Jesus, we are putting our confidence in his person and in his power. And what that means is this, when things don't happen the way we want them to, When Jesus doesn't do what we want him to do or when he doesn't make things work out the way we want them to work out, then our confidence doesn't change. Our confidence is still in him because he doesn't change. Our confidence is in the word, in the light. Our confidence is in the son of God. That's why John testified about him. (laughs) That's why we testify about Jesus. There is no one like Jesus. He is the light, capital L. There's no one like him. John wasn't testifying about Jesus because he thought it was cool or he thought being out in the wilderness was kind of a a cool gig for him. No, there was a reason he testified about Jesus. There was a reason he was a witness for Jesus. And there's a reason that we should testify about Jesus. There's a reason that we should witness for Jesus. And here it is, verse seven. So that all might believe through him. John was a witness of Jesus so that people would believe in him. No, no, no. Believe through him about Jesus. Jesus. This was his message, believing in Jesus through his message and believing that Jesus is the light. John testified so that people would believe in Jesus. We testify, we witness so that people would believe in Jesus. Listen to verse eight. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. John was never confused about what he was doing. He was never confused about his purpose. He knew he wasn't the light. He knew all the attention was to go to Jesus. Some people in history, some people today, they look at John and they think, well, he's nothing but a long-haired, locust-eating, wilderness-loving nut job. He didn't know what he was doing. sitting around wearing a camel jacket all the time and never took it off. But the reality is John was also the first executive director of God's international evangelistic campaign. John was also a cousin of the Savior of the world and the Savior of the world is Jesus. And Jesus said about John that nobody else greater on the earth had ever been born. So there's there's something about John that's pretty amazing. But he was not the light. And he knew it. He came to testify about the light. He came to make a big deal about the light. John was sent from God to help people believe in the light, but he was not the light. As we live in this dark time full of sin and and evil and so many terrible things, it is super important that we understand this reality. I am not the light. You are not the light. Hawn Avenue Baptist Church is not the light. Christians are not the light. Americans are not the light. Republicans are not the light. Democrats are not the light. Humanity is not the light the light. The Christmas spirit is not the light. There's one light and one light only and it is only the light of the world. John came testifying about the light because there is no other light for our darkness. And see, Jesus is the only light that can never be overcome by sin and death and darkness. Nothing can ever touch the light of Jesus. Let me just confess for us, all of us, We're overcome by sin this week, okay? All of us. Either something you did, something you thought, something you were thinking about thinking. You know, we we all have been overcome by sin, but the light of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the authority of Jesus has never been overcome by sin, evil, or darkness. Jesus is the light. And listen, the world needs to hear that from you right now. They don't just need to hear it from me in the pulpit. They need to hear it from us out in the world. We need to be a witness for the light. We need to be a witness of and for Jesus. How? Pay attention to the people around you. It's really kind of that simple. We had someone in our church this past week that was buying some coffee, ended up in a conversation with another person there, And that conversation has turned into a a week this past week of very unique gospel influence and gospel help to a person whose life is somewhat devastating. Another person this week from our church was in a crazy hurry, ran into a store. They needed to buy this one thing, but they couldn't find it, so they asked a store employee for help. And in the course of the conversation, they just said, hey, how are you doing today? And the employee threw up on them. I don't mean really threw up on them. I mean like immediately begin to share the biggest, most discouraging thing happening in their life right then in that moment. And that conversation turned into a moment where the person from our church was able to encourage that person in their moment of great discouragement. In other words, what I'm saying is this. You don't have to eat locust and wild honey and wear a Kamahur jacket to be a witness you, you can be a witness just as you are and how do you do that well I had a friend of mine make an outline that put it like this this week I think this is pretty good here's here's how that line begins okay when you see somebody you ask them hey how are you doing today step one okay here's step two then you wait for a response that's an important part, right? You know? We can say, what's up and how you doing and keep on rolling. Ask somebody how they're doing and then wait for a response. Listen, like really listen. Be quick to listen. Don't be quick to speak. Be quick to listen. How are you doing? Listen, wait for a response. And then as you have opportunity, say something. What do you say? Well, say something encouraging to them and say something true about jesus what does that look like let me just give you a few things to kind of help us think through this uh, one pastor said when he's in one of those moments like at the coffee shop or in the store or in a hurry somewhere just a quick moment he usually will ask permission of someone and his permission goes like this hey can i tell you about the best news in the world now, generally speaking, most people are not going to say, no, you crackpot, get out of here, you know. Especially these days, right? Everybody wants to hear some good news. And then he says, he goes on to say this, you were created for the glory of God. Now, that's a line right there. And, and it's a true Lying. In the midst of all of the discouraging and devastating things that are happening in the world, for us to have the ability to a stranger or someone we know just to kindly say, you were created for the glory of God. It has punch and power, and it's true. And then he says, but we don't love the glory of God like we should. We, we fall short of the glory of God. We reject the glory of God and that rejection makes us guilty before God all of us but then he goes on and he says but God was willing to send Jesus to die in our place so that we would not have his wrath fall on us but rather if we will abandon our sin he will rescue us and bring us into a friendship and a fellowship with him that will last forever. That's what you could say after you ask them how you're doing and after you listen. It's just a a handful of sentences. They're not hard to remember but I want to encourage you with something else as we engage in these kind of conversations. And and part of the reason I share this, I think sometimes we're always waiting for some announcement about how we can be a Christian. You know, where the church is going to have an event and that's when I'm going to start being a Christian or the church is going to have some activity and that's when I'm going to start being a Christian or the church is going to have a mission project and that's when I'm going to start being a Christian. Guess what? We can be a Christian all day, every day. You don't need the church to be a Christian. You need the church to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. So we can be Christians on our own every day, all day. So let me give you one other bit of of encouragement as we engage in some of these conversations. And it comes from uh, Greg Kokel. He is an uh, apologist. He wrote a book called Tactics. I can't remember the subtitle, but the main title of the book is Tactics. And he says this, oftentimes as Christians, we feel caught up in this thing of, oh, if you ever talk about Jesus, you got to seal the deal. Got to close the sale. Got to get them in the kingdom. Come on, move on. You know, get, get to the gospel as fast as you can. Get to the meat as fast as you can. And if they don't listen, just shake your feet and just move on but that may not be the best way. It's kind of like the story I heard about the guy that wrapped tracks around rocks and threw them out the window at hitchhikers. I don't know. I'm thinking that's probably not a great way to witness. This is what Greg says. A wise ambassador, though, weighs his opportunities and adopts an appropriate strategy for each occasion. Let me just kind of take the pressure off of you. You might be thinking, "Well, woman, I, I can't stand in that moment and try to figure out what am I? How, how in the world am I going to weigh all my opportunities?" Really, don't overthink it, okay? I mean, think about it. When you're standing in line at rushes and you go in there and you really, really want fried chicken, but then you see the whole hamburger section, you don't lose your mind if you change your mind and go with the hamburger, all right? So when you're witnessing, it's okay. It's chicken and hamburgers. Don't lose your mind, all right? You can adjust. You can think different just like you would in any other situation because it is the power of God working through you, not you trying to be an ambassador. It is Jesus working Through you, so he says. A good ambassador is going to adjust for every conversation. Then he says this: Sometimes the simple truth of the cross is all that's needed. The fruit is ripe for harvesting. You bump it, and it falls into your basket. This is true, right? I mean, many times in life, we've heard a story of someone where somebody just very casually said something about Jesus or the cross, and the person got saved. What we don't know is the 18 times that somebody else before that moment planted the seed of the gospel. So don't ever underestimate what you're doing in the life of someone. Greg goes on to say this, Usually, though, the fruit is not ripe. The non-believer is simply not ready. He may not even have begun to think about Christianity. So dropping a message on him that from his point of view is meaningless or simply unbelievable doesn't accomplish anything. In fact, it may be the worst thing you can do. Then he goes on. He rejects a message he doesn't understand, and then he's harder to reach the next time. Let's do everything we can not to make the gospel harder the next time. Greg says he has a different way that he approaches evangelism when he's talking to people in coffee shops and stores and wherever he is. He says he has a more modest goal. He says this. He goes, I want to put a stone in his shoe. All I want to do is give him something worth thinking about. I want him to hobble away on a nugget of truth he can't simply ignore because it continues to poke at him. That's fine. Just leave a pebble. You know, make sure that there's some truth about Jesus that you are speaking. Something that keeps poking at their mind and their heart because Jesus is the light and we want them to find the light. So quick bullet point uh, summary here. How you doing today? Wait and listen. And as you have your opportunity to speak, you can say something like, you were created for the glory of God, but you fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to make you no longer fall short and leave that pebble, leave that little pebble of truth that makes them think. Why? Because we want them to find the light. We, We want them to find the light. So who's your one person this week? It's something that the Southern Baptist world has been promoting for a number of years. Who's your one? Who's the one person you know this week that needs salvation? Who's the one person that you'll bump into tomorrow that you can serve? My mom used to always say, if you did something, she goes, well, you've done your good deed of the day. Anybody's mom or grandma say that? Well, guess what? You can do lots of good deeds of the day, okay? You can have more than one, you know? Who's your one? Go looking for your one every day, and you know what you'll find? You'll usually find your two and you're three, and you're four, and you're five. It's, it's not difficult what it means to live for Christ. You know, one of those people in our church that ministered to that person, this is what they said. They said, it was dark for them, but I got to be a light. A light for the light. Because Jesus is the light of the world. John was a witness of the light. We are a witness of the light. And what does the light do? Verse 9. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. On that night in Bethlehem, the light wasn't just for the stable that light came into the world and the Bible says what? It was good news of great joy for all the people. Guess what? It's still the same. It's still good news of great joy for all the people. That's why this church exists. This church exists because we have good news of great joy for all the people. It's why we give to the Lighting Moon Christmas offering because it is an opportunity to make sure the good news of great joy gets to where no one has ever heard the name of Jesus. It's why there's a group of people in this church and many other churches that pray every week for the salvation of other people. See, we exist to bring light into the darkness. We exist to bring truth into a world that is full of false. We exist to to leave those little pebbles of truth. And what happened to that good news of great joy that went out to all the people? listen to verse 10 he was in the world jesus was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him they didn't know him in other words they didn't receive him and they didn't welcome him he was right there in front of them. so i've told you my covid brain is real like I'm just, I'm forgetting stuff, I'm not connecting with stuff, and, and it's really just, you know, happened, you know, since August, um, and so I had one of those moments this week. Um, one of y'all said something to me a few weeks ago, hey, you remember what you said in the sermon? This was the day after. I didn't remember saying it the day before. I'm telling you, I'm, it's just not there. So last week, I was, uh, I was attending a funeral, and I was standing out front, and I saw some people, they were right there in front of me, and I was like, Man, they look really familiar. I feel like I know them. I feel, like I, I feel like I know them. And then they walked off. They got halfway down the sidewalk and went, oh, that is blank. All right, I really know them. Like, it's crazy that I did not recognize them when I looked at them. They were right in front of me, and I knew them. I'm a little COVID brain. Couldn't make the connection. I couldn't do the math. It wasn't there. They, they had Jesus right in front of them in the manger, in the village, teaching in the synagogue. Jesus was right in front of them. The light was right there and they didn't receive him. They did not welcome him. They did not even pay attention to him. And he wasn't just a baby in a manger. He wasn't just a savior on a cross. The scripture says what? That everything was created through him so in a sense they were not welcoming and not receiving their creator. And it wasn't just people in general. Listen to verse 11. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. When it came to the birth and life and death of Jesus, there was no room in the inn, and there was no room in the home, and sadly, there was no room in the church. The the church folk wouldn't receive Jesus. They, They wouldn't welcome Jesus. And all of this brings us back to our original question. original question was this. Hey, what can you do? What do you need to get ready for Christmas? What's the the one big, huge, gigantic, important thing that you can do to get ready for Christmas? Here it is. Receive Jesus. Two words. You may say, well, how do you do that? How do you receive Jesus? Well, we all know how to receive a Christmas gift, right? I mean, We, we know how to, how to get a present, how to open it, you know, how to enjoy it, uh, how to re-gift it or take it back to get exchanged, right? We, we know what it means to receive a gift and what to do with it. But Jesus isn't just a gift to receive, he's a gift to believe. You see, receiving when it comes to Jesus is Believing, And it's not just believing once. It's not a one-hit wonder. It's receiving, it's believing, and it's believing again and again and again and again and again. That's where a lot of us struggle, right? We, we can say the testimony of, oh, well, I went down, I shake the preacher's hand, and I you know, prayed with him, and I got baptized. We know that part of the story. But it's believing and believing and believing and believing after that that becomes the key salvation testimony is not just well this is what happened to me 20 years ago salvation testimony is this is what happened with me and jesus today so receiving is believing and then you keep on believing so maybe right now your heart would be honest with you and your heart would tell you that you are not a christian that things are not right between you and god then i would just say this can i tell you the best news in the world You were created for the glory of God. You aren't just some person. You were created for the glory of God. But the only way you can enjoy that glory and receive that glory and find that glory is in Jesus, the light of the world. So I would simply say, receive Jesus right now. Welcome Jesus him right now maybe you're a Christian and you have received and you have welcomed but life's dark it's discouraging, it's frustrating you're you're having a hard time kind of maneuvering through some of these days, either you're angry or you're completely apathetic somewhere or somewhere in between let me just encourage you with with a few words from Isaac Watts, from a a well known hymn that is not a Christmas hymn (laughs) Joy to the World, not a Christmas song. Uh, Isaac Watts was sitting out under a tree in London one day. He was marinating and meditating on Psalm 98, and he wrote Joy to the World about the second coming of Christ. Somehow, though, we, we made it a Christmas song. So don't freak out if we sing Joy to the World in June or May or April. It's right. It's true. It's a good song for all year long. But this is what Isaac Watts said. Simple words. Let every heart prepare him room what do you need to do today to prepare him room is there an issue with your spouse issue with your kids I gotta tell you something my kids rolled in Friday night from college, I wasn't ready for them. First of all, there's nowhere to put all these cars and that's driving me nuts. And I mean, my Friday night, I I, I was not all there. I had, to, I, had to, I had to regroup. I don't know, maybe I haven't regrouped yet, I don't know. <laughs> but, but you know, we, we have things that we need to adjust to prepare him room and I gotta be honest, Friday night I was thinking to myself, all right, Dal, you need to prepare him room because you just stuck a bunch of stuff in your room. <laughs> I had, to, I had to stop, I had to reorient. We all have to do that. Is there an issue in your family, an issue at work, and an issue in your mind? What do you need to do to prepare him room? Because look, there's lots of stuff that's going to get stuck in the room in the next two weeks. Okay, There's plenty of activities. Goodness, when I heard this parade was postponed yesterday, I was like, do do those people know how many things we have happening in our church tomorrow? We can't just like reschedule a parade on our campus. Um, There's lots of things that will happen like that over the next few days. Guess what? There's a lot of things that will happen like that over the rest of your life. So how can you prepare room for Jesus, not just at Christmas, but how can you prepare room for him all the time? What do you need to do today? Listen, whatever it is, do it. Whatever you have to do to make room, do it. Why? Because Jesus is the only way, and receiving him and welcoming him is the only way that you're gonna be ready for Christmas, but not just Christmas. Receiving Jesus, welcoming Jesus is the only way you will be ready for this life and all the things you will experience in life, good and bad, happy and sad. And Jesus is the only way you will be ready for death. He is The light. And only the light, only the light of Jesus brings blessing and salvation and hope and joy and love and peace as far as the curse is found. So, step into the light. Step into the light. Thank you.